Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So I guess I just question everybody. Stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction to help you get to your dreams. But it's their dreams that you're trying to make your dreams. And that's not fair. So really, it's your committed effort, your planning that will get you there. On my show, I try to bring guests on that exemplify their committed effort, their planning, and their longevity. My next guest uh, exemplifies that. Rocco Despirito. Did I get it, Rocco? You got it right. Perfect. <laughs> He's a James Beard Award winning chef, healthy lifestyle crusader, and number one New York Times bestselling author who is dedicated to proving that healthy and delicious are not mutually exclusive. He was named Food and Wine Magazine's best new chef, People Magazine's sexiest chef. I like that part. Was the first chef to appear on Gourmet Magazine's cover, America's Most Exciting Young Chef. He is held as the leading health expert and often called upon to speak at events, including the partnership for Healthy America Summit in Washington, D.C. Dispirito 
Uh, regularly appears on nationally televised shows such as ABC's Good Morning America, CBS Talk, ABC's The View, and my friend Dr. Oz. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my man Rocco. How you doing, brother? Hello, hello, Rashawn. You read the whole thing. I have the to. Whole bio I, I'm gonna tell you Providing you with. Thank you very you know, much. I'm gonna tell you something. You know, you know, you have a lot. <laughs> I, actually, I cut down. I cut down because okay. when you represent talents like Steve Harvey and Stephen A. Smith and work with. You give people their career credit, and you know you have a career. Yeah. Now you, you're an interesting guy because I hear the word healthy. I hear the word food. Now I'm just letting you know who you're talking to, Rocco. I'm a guy who has a um, Krispy Kreme app on my phone. Okay, you talking? This is how you talking to. Wow. I go to wow. I go to a restaurant. I get my dessert before my meal. Okay, I, I would come. I go, hey, can you give me the dessert menu? Of course, everybody looks at me crazy. That's great. I love that. Everybody looks at me crazy when I do that, Rock. I said, can you give me the dessert menu? Excuse me? It is crazy. Said, it is crazy. You know that. Thank you very much. So I, I want well, to set at, the but stage. Look at you. Look at the shape you're in. You got well, to tell you. people about what else set... you're doing to stay in such good shape. <laughs> I want to set the stage for our relationship. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to confuse. Yeah. I don't want to sell you like I'm doing something right in life. I enjoy life, but it's important that, especially, you know, I, I want to go real and funny at the same time. COVID has told us that we got to eat right, especially in the brown and black and brown communities. We've shown that the COVID-19 has overtly affected that. And weight loss and high blood pressure and cholesterol have always been enemies in the black community. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on our show, just because your book. And also, we're going to talk about some some things we're going to do by our Super Bowl time for, for nice eats. But I really wanted to talk about you as a brand and the, and the reason why healthy eating and healthy lifestyle is so important. Yeah, so you make you you're making fun of of uh, people who think about health, but I know you must be working out or balancing your behavior in other ways mm-hmm. because you're in great shape. You look amazing. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're in good health. So I'd like to know before you let people believe that your Krispy Kreme app rules your daily life. What what is it that you do to stay in such good shape? You obviously work out. Yes, you I watch, do. I do. I you, watch, you watch other things that you eat, I'm sure. You probably mm-hmm. drink a lot of water. You probably yes. don't drink a lot of alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. there's probably a few things you do in your life to stay balanced. Mm-hmm. I yeah, drink a lot those, of water. I drink a lot of water. I I, I, yeah. I don't drink coffee or tea, not because it's negative, but I drink a ton of water. I don't eat early. If You know, I, I tend to want to stop eating at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I'm not a big portion eating person. When I was younger, I was a big all you can eat restaurant fan. But as you get older, you do less. And so I usually do two meals a day and I eat a lot of nuts. There you go. So so what you just described includes uh, calorie correction, carb correction, uh, intermittent fasting, even uh, uh, metabolic fasting. Do you Mm -hmm. work out at all? I do a lot of stretching now and a I lot do a of light. stretching. Okay. And you're probably mm-hmm. very active and you're probably staying busy a lot. So mm-hmm. you're doing nine out of 10 things that I recommend doing in all of my books. I've mm-hmm. written nine books about health and all of them include everything that you just described. So if you have a bad Krispy Kreme habit, but you balance it with working out and drinking moderate amounts of alcohol and mm-hmm. doing a lot of daily exercise and staying right. busy and living a life with purpose and staying hydrated, Mm-hmm. Those are all the things that will balance and counteract the Krispy right. Kreme addiction. I love a Krispy Kreme like everybody else. I haven't downloaded <laughs> the app. I have to be honest with you, but uh, I do need to stay away from those things because they will trigger me. So you got to know you got to know what will trigger you and stay away from the the bad habits that will trigger you. So if I see 
if I walk by a Krispy Kreme, I'm likely to go in and give it a whiff and see what's going on. So I try to avoid those places. But, um, you know, it's, it's important, especially as we get older and especially during a pandemic, that you stay as healthy as possible. And one easy way to do it is with your choices about food. It's right. the only thing that you have uh, that's really in your control. So think about all the other influences on your health. Uh, so the quality of the air you breathe, the quality of the water, uh, the quality of process and, and uh, commercial foods, fast foods. You can't control what's in any of that, right? Uh, right. Medicines that you take, you have no idea what's in the medicines. The health care that you get, we don't really know if we're getting quality health care or if our doctor is doing what's best for us. Or, or making decisions that are in our best. We don't really know for sure, right? We, we, we know at the end of our lives what happened and what, what was important and what wasn't. But the food that you eat every day, you have almost 100% control over if at some point in your life you broke the sugar habit. If you did that and, and you have control over your options, you can make healthy choices. And once you start making healthy choices, you regain your power and your control over your body and your life. And, uh, for every person out there, you've got to seriously consider that. And it's about eating consciously. So every time you're hungry, you feel you crave something to eat. You have to take a moment. Uh, you have to think about what mm -hmm. you're going to do. Be conscious and make a decision that's good for you instead of impulse eating and just stuffing, you know, stuff in your face that happens to be around you. Because when you do that, you lose control of your health, your body, your mind. And then you're not helpful to yourself, your family, people around you. And uh, lots of lots of different categories of people get caught up into this because, right. you know, we're, we're marketed junk food from from really, really young. It's very inexpensive. I remember going to Catholic school in Queens. They served us junk food five days a week. Absolutely. We had McDonald's one day. We had Blimpy another day. We had pizza another day. I mean, when you start out life like that, you know, it's, it's definitely a hard road, uh, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. So, Rocco, your book are Rocco's Keto Comfort Food Diet. Eat foods you may still lose up to a pound a day. That's the book. I want that book. I'm going to put it on my social media as soon as you give me some banners. That's why I've really started no to make conversations no with Rocco because, you know, it's all free of charge. I got like 1.6 social and, and uh, wow. influence followers, million followers. And I'd like to really amazing. Uh, Thank get you. a sense of because what happens on my if you go to my Facebook, you'll see I got like 850,000 followers. You'll see on Tuesday and Thursday, I always promote bakers. They put their favorite. So I really wanted to bring you on the show because of the fact that I know 90% of my followers on Facebook are female, 10% are men. So that means that they influence diets, they influence the household. So tell us about your, your, your diet book. Sure. Uh, since you, you brought up baking, I'm just going to point out this recipe first. It's a chocolate chip skillet cookie. This is one of my favorite recipes in the book. It's basically... Say that one yeah. more time. Chocolate skillet. Yeah, chocolate chip skillet <sighs> cookie. It's made without any sugar at all. It's made with dark chocolate. Uh, it's got um, five grams of protein, 11 grams of carbs as compared to a normal chocolate chip cookie, which would have you know 60 to 70 grams of carbs, especially one this big. This would be the first recipe I'd recommend out of this book. And... Uh, because I use uh, dark chocolate, I use coconut flour, I don't use uh, any traditional sweeteners, I'm able to keep the, the grams of carbs low. And basically, we're in a fight against junk carbs. Most right. diets come down to avoiding junk carbs. 
unless you're an elite athlete or you run five miles a day, you basically need to avoid carbs. That's what it all comes down to. And that's what this book is about. It's a keto diet. It's called Keto Comfort Foods because I, I took uh, you know my top 10 lists of favorite comfort foods and I turned them into keto versions, which means less than they add up to less than 20 grams of carbs per day. So if you eat three or four dishes from this book per day, you can be guaranteed that you'll stay in wow. a keto diet, which is a low carb diet. We've all heard of low carb diet. The other part of being on a keto diet is that you eat a lot of fat. You're on a high fat, low carb diet. And if you're able to sustain that, you can lose a lot of weight very quickly. You can reverse diabetes. There are a lot of health benefits. The thing with the keto diet is it, it's, a, it's a little bit all or nothing. So if you don't stay on the keto diet and you don't stay in ketosis and you, you have a couple of bad days, you can gain a lot of weight very quickly. So I only recommend it for people who can stay on the path for at least mm -hmm. 10 days. Mm -hmm. If you're, uh, you're going to you know, fall off the wagon day three, it's probably not a good thing to do. And what you should do is just basically lower your junk carb consumption. Talking about bread, rice, uh, baked goods, unfortunately, mm -hmm. Rashawn. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. unless, you're, un unless you're living life in balance. Now, when I say life in balance, I mean uh, if you're within 10% of your goal weight, your right. body fat is you know, somewhere between 20 and 25%. Uh, your, your, BM, your body mass index is... Uh, you know, equal to the amount of calories you burn every day. So uh, our BMR is our, is our basal metabolic rate. It tells you how many calories you burn without exercise every day. And for most people, it's between 15 and 2,000 mm -hmm. calories that we just burn living life, just doing nothing, just walking around. If you're eating more than 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day, you're obviously going to gain weight because you're consuming more than you burn. So that's what I, when I say life and balance, I'm talking about isocaloric balance meaning you burn and consume the same amount of calories. You know, it's really good that I'm here in this conversation because my wife, she loves my desserts, but she doesn't she really back off the sugar now. She's really, that's just too sweet for me. Like I made some uh, banana nut raisin bread this weekend because I knew the sugar content was low. She loved it. And so right. you're talking about right. that chocolate chip skillet cookie with no sugar. I'm making that this week. Yeah, you really have to. you're going to love it. You're gonna, I guarantee you're going to love it. And if, if it's um, because I use alternative sweeteners like um, stevia and monk fruit, if it doesn't right. taste right to you, you can always add a little bit of coconut nectar or uh, maple syrup or something like a traditional sweetener, just a little bit to give it the uh, taste that you're used to. But uh, most of the time, listen, you win people over with those baked, baked desserts, I'm sure. Your right. baked goods, I'm sure, make you a lot of friends. But, you know, everything in moderation. You told me before that you practice portion control. Hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully that's true with all the baked goods. Well, my whole thing is that like I'm, we, 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 this is out of your book, Rocco's Keto Comfort Food Diet. Eat foods right. you miss and still lose up to a pound a day. Now, when you were talking about it, it really, uh, you are a, a godsend to me because in the end, you know, just talk about it. When you're in your twenties, <laughs> you just you know you just burning stuff. You're just burning, right? And then then you get in that thirties and forties. You, you become, you start sitting more, you don't run as much, yeah. your natural activity loses. And that's when the weight gain comes about. And I said, the godsend part about it is that you're telling me I can still enjoy what I eat, but in a healthier manner. And guess what? I am a disciplined guy, Rocco. I do have discipline in my, and, and so, and I like to believe the people who follow me have that same discipline if I redirect them a little bit with your book guidance. Yeah. yeah. Listen, clear, clearly you, you live a disciplined life. Look at what you've accomplished. 
there's no way you you could get to where you are without waking up every day and mm -hmm. going out there and hitting the ground with purpose, right? It's the mm -hmm. same thing with your diet. The one thing we think that is not in our control is our diet and our health and wellness. A lot of people in America believe that is in the control of other people. It's not true. It's completely within your control. So if you, if, again, if there's a little bit of conscious thought and impulse control, you know, right. we, we learn imp impulse control uh, either by getting in trouble or going to therapy or you read about it in a self-help book uh, or, you know, maybe you heard Steve Harvey talk about it. I don't know, mm -hmm. but everybody learns impulse control at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. If we apply it, like, you know, when you talk back to your mom and she smacks you because you, you didn't wait a second to, to keep to make a better decision. That's that's another lesson in impulse control. And my mom did that a lot. But uh, if you apply that to eating, you'll you'll do yourself a huge favor because most people, when they're making conscious decisions about what they eat, make better decisions. And also, if you cook at home a lot versus eating out, you'll make much better decisions than commercial food manufacturers will make for you. The reason you start to gain weight in your 30s and 40s is because mm -hmm. hormones like testosterone and estrogen start to decline. Your body produces much less of those hormones. Muscle mass starts to decline. Your muscle is the only part of your body that burns calories. So you you start to add, you know, some people add five to 10 pounds a year starting in their 30s. And it's really through no fault of their mm -hmm. own. They're doing the same thing they've always done. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden now we're gaining weight. So you have to counteract it either by exercising more which at some point you have to do because you'll you'll never add muscle uh right. in your 30s 40s 50s 60s unless you're purposely trying to to add muscle by working out uh you know stretching is a great form of exercise it's it's uh essentially uh another form of yoga which right. is all resistance training which oh, builds muscle and if you don't do that way. weights or push-ups mm -hmm. or pull-ups those all help a lot let me ask you, Rocco, the thing about the word diet and use the word healthy food, it tends to not sound like it's good food. Am I wrong when it, and people... No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Healthy and delicious, we're always mutually exclusive. <laughs> if you really read my first book, it says healthy and delicious are no longer mutually exclusive. So my goal is, is as a chef and a diet, uh, a diet person or an advocate of healthy diets was to make sure that the food tasted just as good as it did before I put the diet onto it. So before I take away all the bad stuff and add all the good stuff, mm -hmm. I make sure it still tastes good. So in your book, you, you got recipes like chocolate glazed donut, cinnamon roll bites, mac and cheese, which is my daughter's going to love. Now, this is what I love right here. Because I, I, I baked some uh, fried chicken for my staff last week because in my office i have a full kitchen and so uh i'm always cooking for them and, and so a lot of these recipes i'm gonna enjoy like the the hot crispy keto fried chicken the spaghetti squash the meat lovers cauliflower pizza come on now see now this the meat lovers like cauliflower pizza is insane you have to make that one that's so good people love it the fried chicken is great uh fried chicken is naturally keto you just got to replace the breadcrumbs with right. something that's that's more keto friendly okay when you say that what do you mean when you say that because now you got me yeah, so so in this book, I use either one of two things, a nut mixture or uh, because it's keto, I'm not saying this is good for everybody, but mm -hmm. pork crackling, ground up pork crackling as a, as a coating instead of breadcrumbs. So that's protein and fat, no carbs. I know that sounds insane and totally unhealthy, but if you're on a keto <laughs> diet, it works. 
Now, man, is that too Woo! crazy for you. I know, right? It sounds crazy. <laughs> Boy, Cracklin, I grew up yeah. on that, Rocco. Come on now. I know, I know. You eat too much, you'll choke on it. <laughs> eat them so too if fast. You, if you smash it up, if you smash it up, you can use it as a coating for all your fried foods instead of breadcrumbs. So instead of a junk carb, you're using a protein and a fat. Those are some of the tricks that we do in the book. Wow. Uh, crazy, I right? you, I know, see, you 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 scoff when I said you are godsend. You looked at me, you go, what's he talking about? You telling me That's I can put... That's my false modesty kicking in. <laughs> now, here's, here's, here's the... Right there. Awesome, Look at that awesome. pizza. Now, the Super Bowl's coming up. We all know that everybody got to have the right thing. Is that is that the cauliflower yes. pizza? That's the that's cauliflower pizza, yeah. Yes, it's a square. Love that. Yeah, it's a square pizza. Well, let me just tell you, you're probably going to say some of my staff because uh, the way I cook uh, that chocolate glazed donut, love it, cinnamon roll bites, mac and cheese, uh, so many of those things that we're going to be buying of that. So with Super Bowl coming up, what what what, what are the things you got on your menu there for us there? Uh, so here, here you go. If you want to be a, on a keto diet for Super Bowl, which, by the way, I don't necessarily recommend. There have to be some days where. You just don't care, right? There's, there's right. got to be a few days a year right. where you're just not worried about that stuff. And Super Bowl <laughs> is a good one. Thanksgiving is another good one. Christmas is another good one. Uh, just don't worry about it on those days. If you're worrying about it the rest of the year, you'll be fine on those days. Uh, right. This is guacamole served with pork crackling, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, high-quality fats, lots of protein, and pepitas, which okay. are pumpkin okay. seeds Rocco, Rocco. and pomegranate. Did you say pork crackling? Yeah, right. That's fried pork crackling. Yep. Instead of tortillas, which are junk carbs, it's pork crackling. Crazy. I know it sounds insane, but it's really good and it works. Uh, and this so is all in the. Have, and this is all in the, the book yeah. Rocco Keto Comfort Food Diet. Wow. Pork so crackling. The other, thing you, the other thing you have to have on on uh, Super Bowls is chicken wings. Right. 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 Got to have chicken wings. So right. my recommendation for chicken wings comes from another book I wrote called Now Eat This, and it's basically Frank's hot sauce, butter, and just fresh chicken wings. That's the original recipe. So in the 80s, when I was in cooking school, I traveled to Buffalo, New York with my roommate, who's from Buffalo, and I went to Anchor Bar and to Duff's, the two bars that claim to have originated right. the Buffalo chicken wing. And I learned the recipe from them, and that all it is is Frank's hot sauce, butter, and fresh fried chicken wings. There's no flour, there's no sugar, there's no crazy stuff. That's all it is, three ingredients. Just try that Try that for this uh, Super Bowl, and I think you'll be very, very happy, and okay. it's keto. Okay, so what are you frying in it? What, what, what's, what's on it? Uh, oil, you're frying it in oil, whatever right. oil you want. Obviously, the listen, if you can afford grapeseed oil, avocado oil, go for it, but otherwise, vegetable oil is fine. It's raw, it's dry, it's, it's seasoned with salt and pepper. It's deep fried until it's crispy, about 10 minutes. And then mm -hmm. it goes into a bowl with about two thirds Frank's hot sauce, one third butter. I like to use grass fed butter if you can. And then you cover the bowl for a few minutes, toss it around. And that's, that's the original recipe for buffalo chicken wings from Buffalo, from Anchor Bar. Wow. Yeah, so no flour, no dredging, no nonsense, no sugar, none of that stuff. Okay, now, the one thing I never hear people talking about is I'm, I'm going to my heart now, desserts for Super Bowl, snacks that, you know, you can't be around and just, what 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 would you recommend that be, you can grab and you can eat real quick, make real fast for Super Bowl weekend? 
So I have a flourless chocolate cake in this in this keto comfort book that I think is a fantastic go-to. You can make days ahead, leave it in the fridge. Uh, you mentioned monkey bread before. I love monkey bread, and uh, I like I like to use um, pre-bought, you know, like a dough in a tube. Like I don't want to mention a brand, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. You buy those biscuits, mm-hmm. and you pop you pop them open, and then right. you 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 assemble them like a tower. So you can make it pull apart. I like that for the Super Bowl. I think that's fun. A so, pull apart monkey bread. Okay, so but what are the ingredients with that? What, what you know is it? The oh, brown I'll, sugar? I'll give you a recipe, but it, this is not a healthy one, by the way. This is this is <laughs> conventional. This is conventional. I use white chocolate, um, maple syrup, bacon in mine. I, I just made it on Guys Ranch Kitchen on the Food Network. It was it was delicious and. Uh, It'll be it'll be on air on the thirty first of January. Actually, you'll be able to catch me making it, and I'll I'll get you a recipe for it. But it's basically you, you, a white chocolate bacon monkey bread. I know it sounds awful, but it's really good. Rocco, you you are I'm gonna tell you something, man. You're a man after my heart. Everything you're saying, <laughs> I grew up eating, and then but it sounds like I shouldn't be eating it now. But you said, Rishon, trust me, this is the pork rinds, the crackling. I mean, crackling bread. I remember. I grew up with that, you know, six bedroom or a shotgun house. My, my, my dad, my mom, you know, we, we had, she had that nine kids. So we ate like that. Wow. That's what wow. we ate. And so we enjoyed it. And so you bring back memories and you're telling me you oh, have so a happy cookbook. To hear that. Rocco, you created a cookbook that I can get all this stuff and bring back my food memories. For sure. For sure. There's a lot of comfort food in there that I'm sure will bring back some memories. That was the way it was designed. That's why it's called the comfort food diet. The idea is you can eat the foods you love, still lose the weight, still manage the weight, and, and be happy, right? Because at the end of the day, we're not feeling happy and satisfied, and we don't reach satiety, which is hard to reach. You end up cheating on your diet. You end up messing up. You end up drinking too much or eating too many sweets, and it doesn't work. So gotta, you got to be able to uh, hit the spot, if you know what I mean. Well, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to Barnes & Nobles and get your book today. I'm going to surprise my wife this afternoon with this book. Uh, it sounds amazing. I, Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Rocco, here's the deal. I have a lot of chefs come on my show. I'm a, I'm a fan of chefs. I, I want you to be a friend of my show anytime you want to come on it because you're changing my life in a way. And I say these things because of the fact that as you get older, you know, that you can see the finish line more. So I'm trying to push the finish line. And, um, but also more importantly, I want to enjoy life. But you're telling me, Rashawn, there's comfort food out there that you can eat. And if you do it right, you can still smile at the dinner table. Still, the word healthy, don't, don't act like that's a, a death-defining term. And that's what you're saying. Rocco's Keto Comfort Food Diet. Eat the foods you miss and still lose up to a pound a day. And you say, at least give yourself a 10-day window. To try a keto diet, give yourself 10 days, 20 days would be ideal, 10 days, 10 days minimum uh, to see some big results. You'll see results the first few days, but give yourself 10 days of being 100% on the path. I'm talking about, you know, 100% holy, no, no mistakes for 10 days, and you'll see big results. Let's talk about your book just a little bit more here. Sure, yeah. Do you have like like a morning, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner type regimen? I do, yes. Mm -hmm. So... uh, the book has diet plans. It has four four tiers, tier one, tier two, three, and four, which mm-hmm. take you from uh, smaller amounts of calories to larger amounts of calories, but also from extreme keto to 
a keto friendly diet. So at some point, keto becomes um, a little bit un unsustainable because you don't want to eat that amount of fat for the rest of your life. You want to get into eating healthy vegetables, eating a lot of plant-based foods. And this book gets you from there to there. So, but it starts off with uh, keto coffee and bone broth. Mm. So you do that for three days and that's mm -hmm. called the cleanse. So bone broth gives you all the necessary protein and fat that you need to sustain you know, your energy and you can drink as much bone broth as you want. And I'm talking about a rich, powerfully flavored bone broth and keto coffee, which is black coffee with either a coconut milk or coconut, uh, coconut fat or right. grass-fed butter in the blender. You probably heard of this, you know, bullet, so, uh, bulletproof coffee. It's the same right. thing. And mm -hmm. if you drink that in the morning and then you continue to eat bone broth and have one meal a day for three days, you'll get your body to understand that you're serious. Your body will immediately understand something's different and it will convert its carb-burning engines into fat-burning engines pretty quickly. During that time, you have to stay 100% hydrated so let me explain hydration. Your, your muscle cells uh, are 70% water. They're made out of water. If they are deprived of hydration, if they are hydrogen starved, they do not work. It's like trying to run a sports car with a few quarts of oil short. You can't do it. Uh, so you have to stay hydrated. And staying hydrated means drinking at least four of these a day, if not five or six. It should be half your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, 100 ounces of water, and so on. You need to, you need to be drinking enough water where you're, you're going to the bathroom a little more frequently because your body knows it can process the water instead of storing it. And those are all parts of getting into the keto diet. Then in tier two, I add two more meals to the day. And tier three, I add another meal. Tier four, I add dessert. That is a 28-day plan. I'm going to do it. You don't need to do it. Look at you're in great shape. You don't need to no, do it. I'm gonna tell you but something. you could try it. And you could try it and tell your fans if it works or not. I know I'm, I'm gonna do it at least for ten days. I'm gonna do it ten days. All right. Okay. For ten days. Okay. But you know, I, I got bad habits there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you. It sounds like you cook a lot of your bad habits. Yes. On, yes, a, on a very free, yeah, very frequently. So, but yeah, keto so keto diets are also therapeutic. Uh, in other ways, not just for weight loss, it reduces uh, your A1C. It can reduce your A1C, which is a, a big number uh, for right. those who are you know, thinking about uh, type 2 diabetes. That's the number you're always looking at. Uh, mm -hmm. Blood glucose levels. Uh, it can, some people feel uh, like they get a brain boost from a keto diet. So there are mm -hmm. a number of uh, therapeutic benefits other than weight loss that you should be looking for as well. Energy. Wow. Rocco, yeah. thank you for coming on my show, man. You, you my pleasure. My really, really I've, I've heard about you for a, a while. I was actually one of your, uh, you produced me on the Steve Harvey show mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. And yeah. I appreciate that. And I'm thrilled to be on. Well, well first of all, uh, I'm a fan. And uh, I, I'm going to reach out to you and let you know when I start. Because uh, I'm going to do the chocolate glazed donut for my staff and the cinnamon roll bites. I'm going to do a lot of stuff. I know I'm doing a hot, crispy keto fried chicken. And I'm gonna look through the book, and I'm gonna start the diet. Probably my birthday is February 27th. February 27th. Oh wow! Okay. So very cool. So I'm gonna probably start like the last, like January 28th. It's when I'm gonna start the diet. Right. Okay. Because I'll be right. 64. I'll be 64, and so I wanna, I wanna no, slide right on in. That, that I don't believe. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, you look amazing. I'm trying to look in the camera, so, so I don't. It doesn't look like I'm not looking at you. I have to look close now. 
You do not look 64. Wow. I'll be 64. Amazing. And uh, I will use your dad to slide me right on in there, sir. Thank you for coming. Get you to 94. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Myself. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. We will be right back with more money-making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Whether your event needed one room or an entire conference center, Hopin has revolutionized the way people come together. With Hopin, you can host a fully-fledged digital meetup complete with one-on-one meetings, hands-on sessions, and expo booths. And because everything is hosted in a single, easy-to-use platform, it can be as big or small as you want, remain convenient for anyone who wants to attend, and give you access to data you never would have known otherwise. Visit Hopin.com to learn more and get started. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? Start the new year with otter.ai to generate automatic notes for meetings, interviews, or lectures. With otter.ai, you can search the meeting notes, insert images, play back the audio, and share them with your friends or coworkers. You can capture action items, remember meeting details, and keep everyone informed. Otter.ai works for in-person or virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up for free at otter.ai or download the app for free. Otter.ai, that's O-T. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, host of Money Making Conversations. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads, the Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is James Lopez. He is the president of Will Packer Productions. As a producer, his films like Girls Trip, Night School, Think Like a Man, The Perfect Guy, and many more have grossed more than $800 million at the box office today. Box office numbers are great if you have a piece of ownership. When you got brothers like Tyler who own their films, and that's what we got to strive as people to work towards, right. is the ownership. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men that have strength, their vision is assertive, and they are genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is one of my favorites, Melody Hope. She's a producer and star of the own series Love and Marriage Huntsville. Entrepreneur, she's a home builder. The Doctor Series follows three power couples, longtime friends. I don't know if they're longtime friends no more. And Melody and Martel Hope. Fire! Dynamite! My girl Letitia and also that's my frat brother, and Kimmy and Maurice. I don't know Kimmy and my boy Maurice. You know, he's trying to be a businessman in Huntsville. I don't know. And love and marriage in Huntsville. But she has also hosted one of my favorite shows, Behind Every Man, which is also on my own. Please welcome to Melody. Please welcome, I'm about to say her name. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my friend, Melody Hope. How you doing, Melody? Hey, I'm 
I'm doing great. How are you? You know, it's always just a pleasure um, being able to be a part of your show. You are so phenomenal, so inspiring and encouraging. So I'm just very thankful for the opportunity. Well, you know, it's really interesting uh, about your whole career. And let's go track it. You know, like uh, you came into my life and the first interview I did on Money Making Conversation was you and Martel. And it was an it was an inspirational interview about a couple that uh, worked their way through high school and beautiful kids. And then the second time I got you on the show, uh, you was by yourself. And now the third time I have you on the show, I saw the episode, the premiere episode of uh, I'm still Love. By myself. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna tell you something. After the episode, you gonna really be by yourself after that premiere episode. You by yourself, child. You ain't kind of by yourself. You buy yourself in a good way. I ain't trying to change it either while you're over there. I ain't trying to change it. <laughs> well, I understand because, you know, if you're a fan of the show, I'm a fan of the show, and you brought me into the series, you know, and uh, my boy Carlos King, he created the executive producer of the series, very talented EP of docu-series type dramas. He has another series on um, on, on called Bell Collective. But we're talking about love and marriage Huntsville. The, the, the question is, you know, this ain't a messy show. This is a show about watching an entrepreneur, watching a, a, a young lady, I st- still consider you very young, uh, an entrepreneur-minded, and it almost uh, it almost looked like a series where I, I got to see you grow as a woman, as a mom, and then the other half of you didn't want to see that same growth. Am I correct? So, you know, what I will say is definitely being a part of um, the Kingdom Reign family and being a part of Love and Marriage Huntsville, you know, you're absolutely correct in terms of the growth that you've seen. And that's really because, you know, as you go through things in life and you experience certain things, those are really the things that help shape and mold you to be who you are and Mm -hmm. um, who you're supposed to be. And that's really what my viewers have been able to witness the past few seasons um, is me really going through one of life's biggest challenges um, when one of the, you know, supposed to be strongest bonds um, is broken and disconnected and what it looks like to maneuver through those type of waters. And so that is how you guys have been able to really, you know, as you say, have seen me grow because Mm -hmm. you've watched me go through um, something that a lot of people can't even go through behind closed doors and I've had to live it out loud publicly. So it's been a little bit different. Um, what I will say, um, you know, when it comes to you asked about my, you know, Martell and that support and that growth, what mm-hmm. I will say is that there was a time in our marriage, in our life, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit here and act like we had a whole bunch of years of some terrible marriage because that's right. just not the case. Um, we had a beautiful beautiful union, beautiful time, um, beautiful, you know, family, children, um, a real friendship. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, we were definitely great friends. And so I will say in that there was a time when he definitely pushed me and um, motivated me Mm -hmm. and really, you know, stood, you know, kind of stood with me with some of the things I wanted to do. Um, But sometimes in life, People just start kind of going different ways and things change. I, I did an interview earlier and I shared with them that, you know, studies show that people change every five to seven years. And, um, you know, that's just real. No one's going to stay the same. You know, I really, because um, I, I care about you a lot. 
you know, I have six sisters, so I consider you one of them six uh, to them passed away. So I'm, I'm asking you to fill in one of those slots in my life because I, I believe in you. And when I watched the show, especially the premiere episode this season, you know, I was I was pained a little bit because I could, you know, we're watching you on TV play out some emotions, especially when Martell talked about he going to custody of the children. And you really you really lit up the room because you weren't going to let this act like this even sense of a possibility. These are four beautiful kids that you've uh, delivered to the world. And then uh, earlier in the episode, by the way, she show off her little body, by the way. She show off her little body. Just embarrassing everybody in the nation. She had dropped four kids, come around the corner, look like, look like she ain't, she's like a fresh out of high school body. So we ain't going to talk about that. Let's go back to that emotional. I just had to throw that out there and like step on her because that was unfair. That was unfair, Melanie. Like you have seen a little bit more than I have seen. Just know that. Well, I don't care. I saw. I said she okay. come out of the Poe Destiny. She like just drop one. She just like, whoa! My goodness, girl. Well, you know what can I say? It's time for me to show the world what's going on with Melody Ho. Okay. And then we go forward. You know, you're back. You know, because you was in the lab with your brother. Yeah. Hanging out in the back, you know, drinking a little wine, trying to get your act together for two weeks. And then uh-huh. now the reality is back. You're in the house with a man who, let's say you don't trust, you know, with children that you love, that you born. Like you said, you're not here to talk about like this relationship was a bad relationship. But when he says the possibility that he wants to get full custody of the kids, you lost it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it's one of those things where I think for most parents, when it comes to your children, that's just that's one thing you just really don't play about, no matter who it is, obviously. Um, And so um, we all have those triggers, certain things that trigger us. And unfortunately, a lot of times people know what your (laughs) triggers are. That's the bad thing. Um, And so for me, when it comes to being a, you know, a woman of many hats, being an entrepreneur, being a mom, being a wife, all of those things, you know, me being able to um, fully engage in all of those roles was one of the things that was a problem um, in the marriage. And one of those things that was somewhat, you know, I would say he tried to use against me at times. um, And that was when it came to the kids. And so for him to make a statement like that, despite knowing deep down that I'm really wearing all Mm. these hats very well. Like there's my kids are very well taken care of. We do vacations, we do trips. They've been out of the country. Hell, I hadn't even been out of the country when I was their age. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't play with me with that. And 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 it showed, but but the series as I as I see, because you know, I can't wait to this the next episode and the next episode Mm -hmm. out there. Because really it's about watching the On this show, it's about motivation. It's about people overcoming fears, people walking in the darkness, walking into the unknown. And you, and that's why I stand on this a little bit because I want a lot of people to hear this because a lot of people don't go to the next level of life because they fear change. They fear the unknown. They fear the what if. What if it's not something I expect? And you're doing a courageous thing with your life because this is not, this is bigger than the television show to me because it's about you. Because when the lights go down or cut off, you really live in the life that we're just getting little bits and pieces of. With that being said, what's the next path for Melody? What's the next what now? 
path for you in career planning? Because, you know, I call you sometimes. You say, Rashawn, I got people in L.A. I got people in Huntsville. I got a team around you. Because, you know, I'll be talking to you. You'll be Every time I talk to you, you know, it's more advancement in the, vi- in the various business ventures, more opportunities that you want to engage in. And you surround yourself with a much stronger team that allow you to win. So talk Absolutely. about that. And you know what? Um, it's, it's so funny that you mentioned a team and, and just, you know, the people that you have around you. I feel like, you know, you can't do anything alone in life, period. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a team, a team who believes in you, that supports you, um, that pushes you even on the days when you barely can push yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm so thankful and blessed that I have been surrounded, um, you know, God just placed the right people in my life at the right time. You know, I can speak all the way, you know, to my management team. As you said, you know, I have, you know, a team in LA, I have a team in Atlanta. Um, and when I look at the time that they came into my life and mm-hmm. they're older than me, and that's another thing, it's kind of crazy because it's like, I'm 35, but God has surrounded me with people who are older than me and who have so much wisdom, you know, Mm -hmm. and that wisdom comes from their own life experiences. So when I hear their stories of things they've experienced and that they went through early on in life and what I'm going through right now, I know that it was a divine connection and meant Mm -hmm. for them to be in my life. And so, um, you know, we're, we're always working on things. And I hope that's what people also, you know, of course, our reality show, you have a little bit of drama, but I hope that people really get to um, tune in and pick up and understand and see that, you know, the sky really you know, is the limit. It doesn't matter what what you go through, what you experience. I wake up every day and I put a smile on my face and I'm a, hey, good morning. How are you? Positive right. affirmations mm-hmm. all day, period. Um, and from there, it has just really allowed us to move into some different areas. I have music that I'm working on. I can't wait. I've teased my fans a little bit um, mm-hmm. with my song by dropping it on social media pieces here mm-hmm. and there. Um, so I have music I'm working on. I'm actually about to go in the studio and record the second song because I'm done right. with the first one. Um, and then, of course, also I have my acting career um, that I'm working on as well. I actually just finished doing some acting stuff. I've been in Atlanta doing a movie. Um, mm-hmm. the past week. So just moving, shaking and trying to fully um, be in the purpose in my God given purpose, because life is so short. You have to wake up every day. You have to make it count. You have to make every hour, every minute and every second. I'm going to tell you something, Melody. Don't you ever, don't, because even in the series, I got mad at you because you know I'm based in Atlanta. You was in Atlanta for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> Did in the interview right now. Well, I just got back from L.A. I mean, from Atlanta. You know, I just got back from Atlanta. No call, no text. Cause she'll be. You know no, what? no, 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 stop, 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 stop. I'm gonna do better. I no, 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 no. So what are we gonna do? We gonna go to lunch. Gonna go to dinner. Chat it up. Whatever you wanna no, no, do. No, no, uh, uh. See, see, she'll DM me in a minute. Hey, Rishon, how you doing? Well, this is one thing I love about her, and I, I, I responded back to her. I said, look, she will recommend people to be on my show. I mean, and uh, and she's supportive. That's I not I not laugh at her in a good way. It's not a bad laugh because here she is. You know, she's out there trying to make her career work. She's trying to be a good person because she is a good person. But she will not hesitate connecting somebody for an opportunity. And that's a quality that when you say Rashawn, why do you like Melody Hope? Why do you why are you always champion her? Because she's so busy championing other people. She's not about. Letting, you know, it's a lot of people in competition because it is competition. They fear, I ain't going to let nobody get my hookup. I'm not going to let anybody get my connection. And that's not you. Talk to us about that personality. Not at 
all, you know, let me tell you. So I am big on making connections. I will be Mm -hmm. honest. I'm that person who, and I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll send you the number later. If we're having a conversation and I know someone who can maybe help catapult Mm -hmm. you to the next level, take you to the next level in your life or goals, career-wise, whatever it is. Oh, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm testing. I'm sending you the number right now. You want to call them right now? Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I love. And I love to do that. That's just the genuine part of me um, because I feel that you never know what someone else can do, whether it's a simple word, whether it's, you know, a simple connection that can just really change someone's entire life. And I have to believe that um, through that goodness of my heart and purity of all of my intentions, that that is why God has continued to bless me. And he has continued to look over me and put me, you know, in the paths of the right people, because I'm always looking to find a way to bring people together on the same path. You know, there's enough out here for everyone. And if we stop being so selfish, Mm-hmm. If we become more selfless, yes, man, let me tell you, we learn how to come together. And I ain't going to say it's always easy because it's not. But if we can learn how to come together, there's just so much that we can do. So, yes, I love connecting people. And you do a great job of it. Now, before I go on to the, the series uh, Behind Every Man, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the other characters on the show. The, I shouldn't say characters, other other couples, other people, because it's gotten more expansive on the show. You know, we see more of, in this season, we saw more of uh, Kimmy and uh, Maurice's son. And then, of course, uh, Tisha, they got the, the cigar place black that they're building out this season. Give us a little sneak preview of what's coming up on this season because of the fact that uh, it, my, my, when I tell people to watch the show because I'm a fan of Love and Marriage Huntsville, it's because they're individuals who are black individuals in a, in a town like Huntsville that have big city problems. <laughs> and, right, absolutely. And, and that's know, the I fun part all, about it. I think all the couples in some shape, form, or fashion um, bring a great dynamic to the show. And Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, um, this season, you guys are going to be able to see um, more business moves taking place, Mm -hmm. which is something I'm very proud of because, you know, I don't think anyone goes into reality reality TV hoping that there will be drama. It's just kind of one of those things that that can end up happening Mm -hmm. um, because life and, you know, so when you imagine um, being put in situations where maybe you would have avoided that person for another month or two because, you know, you kind of ain't feeling them right now, then you see them instead in a day. So Mm -hmm. sometimes those emotions may still be up. So, you know, that just that's the piece that brings the drama in. But um, I'm looking forward to our audience really seeing, um, you know, especially with the climate of the economy and where we are as a culture, as people, where we are as a country right now. I think it was important to show unity and how despite differences, despite, um, you know, difficulties within the Mm -hmm. friendships or the relationships at Mm -hmm. some point in time, you guys are going to see, you know, some of us come together and be able to do some great things and and actually be able to be in the same room, pushing for a positive purpose or a positive cause. You're going to see businesses, you know, excelling and growing and, you know, individuals figuring out different paths of entrepreneurship. Um, And so those are the things that I'm really looking forward to being displayed and shown this season. And it's showing a lot. And the great thing about it now, 
uh, your master class, which I saw, it was kind of like born out of COVID. COVID nineteen uh, created a lot of uh, creative approaches to us. Tell everybody about the master class that Absolutely. you did this summer. It was outstanding, um, by the so way. So HPA Hope Preservation Academy. Um, that is my baby. Matter of fact, I have a class tonight. So um, what I do is I've had the, um, you know, I just say it's a complete blessing and opportunity to. Actually, now it's about 180 since June, about 180 individuals. Um, I've been able to help them become entrepreneurs and start businesses in property preservation, which is a multi-billion dollar industry that has been a white male dominated industry for a very mm -hmm. long time. Most of my students, however, have been African-American women. And so what I have been doing is, you know, having um, weekly meetings with them, one on one calls with them, helping them set up their LLCs, their business checking, teaching them the game about this industry and helping them get contracts, meaning when they get contracts, they start receiving work from the banks and they get paid. Um, as they complete those work orders. And so um, I, you know, it was like you said, born out of COVID. Um, my first class started in June of mm -hmm. 2020 and mm -hmm. it has been phenomenal, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful to God for, you know, for that whole avenue being open for me. We know what God gave you is the ability to talk because you can talk. That's why you, to me, you know, you always tease you about that. You know, you just, y'all don't know. Me and Melody, we be talking, we, we be talking in that little direct DM and all that. Finally, I went, girl, give me your number. I'm tired of all this uh, DM and back, because DM is like texting her. I said, and so. It was so funny, I, though, that you say that because earlier, <laughs> like I said, I did an interview earlier today, and uh -huh. they said to me, they said, oh, yeah, your manager said, we're going to enjoy um, our interview. We're going to enjoy it because you love to talk. I said, Oh, it sounds like she tried to throw a little side jab up in there. I'm gonna make sure I call her when we get done. Now here you go. <laughs> well, see, so I, I know jazz, you. But no, I, I know am you. very vocal. <laughs> and uh, and that, that that's why I, I love talking to you because you know there's a journey, and I, and I, I will never ever stop you from your dreams. I will always encourage you. I always will support you. I always will push you to the next level because I know there are only greater opportunities. You at the right age to start discovering yourself and pushing those dreams because a lot of people wait till they're forty, fifty. Or, I'll wait till my kids graduate, or I wait till I wait till they get out of college. All that wait, all that wait, all that wait, and that's not your DNA, and that's what I. I love about talking to you and I encourage people who listen to these shows when you when I get a person on the air like you listen to what she's saying listen you know there are setbacks in her in her life there Absolutely. but she don't let that become a Absolutely. champion talk about that you know um I will say that you know so I got married when I was 22 and you mm -hmm. have this whole thing planned out of what you think your life will be I don't think anyone gets married um, expecting or hoping for a divorce to happen. You think that that's your forever and you think that that is how your life will be. And so for me, I went from feeling like I had everything together. I had these beautiful children. I had anything I wanted to get, I could go get when I wanted to. You know, I had my husband, we had these businesses, you know, we're, we're being able to travel and go whenever we want to. And then boom, just like that. Mm. there's a change. Right. And so mm -hmm. at first, you know, of course you, you know, the heartbreak and the disappointment mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. tears and the depression mm -hmm. and all of those things that come with, um, you know, something as major as infidelity hitting your marriage. Mm -hmm. I went through all of that. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I went through a lot of different layers of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, you know, going through those things and experiencing such a big change in life. And then I didn't know that I was going to have to play it out on national television either. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing. You know what I'm saying? When we started filming the first season, um, I had just recently found out about, you know, what had been occurring. However, mm-hmm. I thought everything was done over and we were good. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. right when we start shooting, I find out, oh, it ain't done and over. <laughs> we ain't good. So that's when people got, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Kind of got mm-hmm. all the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> all the other emotions and other sides of melody, mm-hmm. the angry sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I didn't expect that that was something that was going to be played out on TV. I didn't think that was going to be continue to be a part of my life story, my marriage right. story. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so now here I am, you know, going through a divorce with four children mm-hmm. um, and trying to make sure that I'm taking care of me and keeping myself together, but then mm-hmm. also making sure that I'm, you know, there for my kids and helping them to keep it together, too. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, still refusing to allow the choices of someone else to affect my purpose right. and the goals that I have set for myself. Right. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a lot of moving pieces. But let me tell you, I just get up every single day and I start moving <laughs> those pieces. Absolutely. You know, on Saturday night, you can see her series. Uh, I'm gonna call it your series, Love and Marriage Huntsville. That's that's why I watch. I'm just telling you, okay. Rashawn watch. Okay, well, on, on Saturday night, I'm not just watching everybody on the show. I watch my girl Melody. Now, well, guess what? It is gonna be this Saturday. Gonna be back to back, Melody Hope. Now I'll tell you something. Melody Hope, be- kind of night. That's what we gonna Come have. On back to our block. <laughs> Behind every man. I'm gonna just yeah. let everybody know. See, Carlos King makes me mad. Now, this is his series, right? Is this Carlos King? He got me. He got me mad. See, cause see, I watched this series that you're hosting, and I'm mad. I'm going like, why? He, he thought of this, why? huh? Because it's such a beautiful series. Because I got six sisters, so why did I think of this? Because you know, you have you have the more Kurt Franklin and his wife Tammy on the show. You have the the wife of uh Wyclef John on the show. You have the wife of I didn't his even, mom. I I didn't even know that uh, uh Neil was married. Seriously, I didn't even know he was married. And I was like, that Neo, he married? He's on, he's on the show. And it's, it's like DJ Envy and his uh, her wife. But it's the wives who are the stars of the show. Behind every man. Uh, how did you become a part of this series? And I'm just, uh, I'm, one thing I'm going to tell you the truth about. This is an engaging series. Well done. Uh, the, the the women, you, you get a, a personal journey about them. It's not a series that they're trying to hook you in with a famous husband. No, no, no. It's about these women, how they have survived physical drama sometimes, uh, abuse sometimes, near life, death experiences sometimes. And each one of them have survived and they've come into the lives of these famous men, helped them to be successful along the way. And they have sustained longevity in their marriage and, and blossomed into a, a loving relationship. How did you get involved behind every man? Well, you know, that's why it's so important 
um, to speak out loud your goals and your dreams mm -hmm. and speak mm -hmm. those things into existence. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've shared with Carlos a long time ago, you know, my goals in terms of hosting and acting and things like that. And so when it, when the opportunity came and, you know, he was awarded the opportunity to do Behind Every Man, you know, he reached out to me. He said, hey, so guess what? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, we're going to do another show. This is what it's going to call. And uh, we want you to host. I'm like, mm. what? Really? Mm -hmm. Are you serious? And so, you know, it went from there. And um, it was another, again, something filmed during the pandemic. So, of mm -hmm. course, we had different parameters. Of course, we would have loved to have had it where, you know, I could have flown into different places and actually sat down in person with these individuals. Mm -hmm. But we've got to be safe. So we still right. made it happen and made it, right. you know, made it work. Right. Um, and for me, when he called me that day, I'll never forget. And it, he had um, his other producer, Angela, on the phone as well. Mm -hmm. I teared up when he shared with me what Behind Every Man would be about. And here's mm -hmm. why. Um, you know, I'm big on women empowerment. Right. I'm big on strong women and women, you know, just being, coming together and really pushing one another and being able to be authentic and transparent and share your journey, share those. You know, we love the glamor, we love the show off, the, the Rolls Royce, the Lamborghinis and all this thing. However, mm -hmm. right, being able to show the times that weren't so good and talk about that, which is what really helped you move to the next level. I love when people can be transparent. I think that's the reason that a lot of people connect with me on Love and Marriage Huntsville. So when he shared that with me and I heard what it would be about, I just literally teared up. I said, wow, wow. It was just something within me and I'm big on intuition and being led by the spirit. And there was just something within me that was like, yes, this right here is God sent for you. Oh, so no, it's, it's amazing. Me it's experiencing amazing. what I was experiencing in my marriage and knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, it wasn't going to be too much longer before it wasn't, you know, I wasn't married anymore. It wasn't about that. It was mm -hmm. about what I love to do, shine a light on other women. Like, I, you know, I do my mimosas with Melody mm -hmm. event. Um, mm -hmm. I always award women, women on per woman on purpose award. Um, still I thrive woman of the year and all these different things. And so any way that I can um, just really shine a light on women who are doing some amazing things, that's what I love to do. And so this was just, I mean, this was perfect and it was truly an amazing experience. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I'm a fan. I get to see you back to back, to back, to back, to back. No, no. Hey, hey Melody, I want to, I want to, I want to back, to back, to back, Melanie Hope Saturday on OWN Network, because you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Oh, and, yeah. Are we owning it over here on, on, on there, there you go. There you go. There you go. The thing about it is that uh, I, I'm so proud of you, and uh, I watched this journey. You know, when I say that, I'm, I'm sincere, and I know you do a lot of interviews and, and watching you grow, and uh, like I said, I've seen this journey play out, and and when you come on my show, we can have honest conversations, and Absolutely. only thing, only negative in your little book is you come to Atlanta, and you don't come see your boy, okay? Because I bought a new building. Let that happen I, again. How about that? Let me say, I bought a new building. I got to show y'all. I got to, I got to, I got you got to take a picture about my new business sign, all that stuff. I got I got to get some of your shine on my building, okay? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. 
Well, I won't, I won't hold you, but uh, again, thank you again. Uh, again, you know, anytime your flyer come out, I, I got to promote you this weekend. And, uh, you know, your sorority member and all that good stuff. And, uh, girl, you know, keep winning and uh, keep, I, I, I got your support and your brother here. You can tell your brother to call me. We're a little tired behind. He in Atlanta as himself, you know. Yes, he ain't got nothing to yes. do. Absolutely. So that'd be great. You know, and I love you already know. I love you. Thank you for, you know, mm -hmm. you're always opening your doors and opening, you know, but just being welcoming with me coming in on the show. I appreciate that so much. It's kind of like, like you said, sometimes they're just those God given connections. And mm -hmm. I feel like from the first interview, we've just always, you've been what you're saying that you are. You've been encouraging. Um, mm -hmm. You've let me know multiple times that I have your support and mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. Um, and I, I love, you know, we have, have to pull strength from one right. another especially when we're going through different you know difficult times it's so important for us to pull strength from one another and um you my fans the mm -hmm. viewers of love and marriage huntsville everyone mm -hmm. has been my family my management mm -hmm. team everyone has just been so amazing and i know i wouldn't be where i am right now if it wasn't for all of you Awesome. Well, she's the star of a Saturday night on the OWN Network. Love and Marriage Huntsville and, um, you know, Behind Every Man. Wow. That's my show. She's the star, Melody Holt. Melody, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations again. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over $300 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk, Walk a mile, mile in, in my, my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I bring people on the show to talk about the effort that they are putting, the committed effort, the effort to be successful. My next guest is one of those people. Her name is Christina Anthony. You know, we already talked a little bit. She's based in Los Angeles. She's from Chicago by way of East St. Louis. So we're going to talk about that because I was a traveling stand-up comedian. So I've been in St. Louis. I've been in Chicago. And I've definitely been in Los Angeles. She's a multi-talented actress, writer, vocalist, and comedian. She is originally from the Chicago comedy scene and is best known as an alum of the featured Second City, which we all know. I never went there. Uh, it's a talent. I know that because I never had that improvisational skill. That's something I could not do. I, I would tell anybody I cannot act, but I can tell you a good joke. She's three times an award nominated sketch revenue. Sketch, sketch performer, and performed thousands of shows for Chicago audiences. Currently, Christina is a series regular on the ABC's Mixish, a blackish spinoff. Christina currently stars as Aunt 
Denise on ABC's series. Returning for a second season on Tuesday, January 26th, what you call regular check, regular check, regular check of this year, 2021. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation. She looks like a diva to me. She says she does stand up, but she got that diva look down pat, y'all. Please welcome Christina Anthony. Hey, Rashawn. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm telling you something like, you know, uh, you know, I, let me tell you, let me say a multi-talented actress, writer, vocalist. We can stop right there. Right now, you look like you're about to bust out with a good old, I'm telling you. You know what? That's really how I got my start was doing musicals mm-hmm. in uh, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I really got my start there. I wouldn't say I, I love to do musical theater and I've worked off Broadway in New York. But mm-hmm. um, where I really found my groove was like that funny part in the musical. Right. And right. I, I would remember I would go to auditions or I would be in a show and they're like, look, we need to work on this, this dancing for sure. You need to practice. Mm. Um, but the, <laughs> and the singing, everybody can get better at that. But the comedy, they're like, you have this down. And but the dancing, though, they say you could Ooh. dance. The dancing. Mm-mm. A black person couldn't dance. Now you know we could we, we could we could do, we could talk about that now. Well, there's it's different kinds of dancing now. Okay, you, now there's, you in the you, you yes, know you in dance. the Chicago, you know where they dance up in Chicago. Yeah, you know that step, now. Come on, stepping, step, right? Come on, come, come on now, come on now. And you telling me in Chicago you couldn't step. I can step, but okay. you when you go to Broadway for the Lion King, they don't want to see you do some old lounge dances <laughs> in your church shoes. They they want to see some real dancing. So yeah, not formally trained, but I, I got it together. Okay. So okay. I, I've done some dancing uh off Broadway, but comedy is my sweet spot. I mean, that's what comes naturally to me. You know, I you know, my history, uh, I, I left IBM to pursue a career as stand-up comedian. Did Def Jam, BET, all the comedy uh, shows, uh, wrote on comedy sitcoms. So I cut my teeth at comedy. Comedy is why the, the basis of my success, you know. So what what what's that natural? I always tell people comedy is like making a sharp left or right turn when you from a, with a specific point of view, and that's where the laugh comes from. So right. so are, are you a comedy actress or a comedian? You know what? I would say I started off as a comedy actress Mm -hmm. and then eventually, yeah, I, I, you know, earned my stripes and have done the rounds in the stand up Mm -hmm. world. So, yeah, I consider myself a comic now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then interesting enough, like when I was in when I came to L.A., I've been in L.A. 10 years now. Mm -hmm. You know, I started hitting the stand up scene and people have been so warm and so welcoming. I mean, they haze you at first, but once you in, you in. And I think there I started to just focus on my standup and it was I was really surprised to end up on Mixed Dish as an actress mm-hmm. um, and as an improviser. You know, it's just it just you never know. So that's why you just kind of keep just saying yes to the next thing. Right. And keep honing those skills because you don't know where the next opportunity is coming. But don't ever, you know, just completely throw something away. So acting, you know, now I have to focus on that because I'm giving other people's words. It's not my jokes I'm right. writing. Someone else's job. But you still bending so. it to your personality because, you know, as a sitcom writer, I know that what I've written, I expect it to be funny. You know, I expected that right there that I've written certain lines that when you get to that point, some humor should come out of there. But a talented actress or an actor can sometimes find humor I didn't see. 
a humor, or humor that, wow, that's funny. Or you just a natural on your feet or just, especially those table reads, because those table reads are like, you know, because you walk away saying making adjustments to the script. So a table read can be a nightmare for a writer or it could be a blessing for a writer based upon how it's, it's done. And just explain everybody the table read. What happens is you write the script and then all the actors and actresses sit around the table along with the executive producer and they read every line in the script to the end of the script. Unless you go through that, you know, you'll make notes where that didn't work or that or that storyline direction is not making any sense. Or sometimes you might you might increase an actor and actress's role based on how that reaction was in the script. You go, wow, I didn't see that. We should build that up more. So when you're doing these table reads and, and like you said, you're doing somebody else's words, you're not as a stand up. You're just doing the words that you created and you putting your bins on there. What do you what do you take when you first get a script, a sitcom script? In this case, mixtures. What are you looking for in your scripts? Um, I think that that um, you bring up a great point. It is somebody else's words. So the first thing I'm going to try to do is read the whole thing. Right. And I have to say, if you're starting out in acting, no matter what it is, if it's you know, plays or you're doing uh, on camera, you want to do TV film, try to get your hands on the whole piece of the script, the whole body of work. You mm -hmm. don't ever want to just read your part. So that's the first thing I do is make sure I read the whole thing. So I understand what everybody is going through in the episode. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I'll go back and circle around to, to my, to my scenes. Mm -hmm. And in those scenes really, um, like you said, yes, kind of bending it towards your personality, mm -hmm. making the words my own, mm -hmm. um, you know, the writers, our writers are amazing on Mixed Dish. They come from so many different great shows. Mm -hmm. But um, there is a time, sometimes I will improvise and maybe throw something in myself. Mm -hmm. But I don't do that during the table read. During the table read, like you said, it's the time for the network is there, the mm -hmm. producers, all um, the different departments are listening. So you want to do it word for word. Yes. And then, um, yeah, once I've done that, I think, you know, try to think about each scene. They tell you the next day, here's the scene we're going to be working on. Mm -hmm. And then you start working on that scene and thinking about the things that you want, what my character wants to achieve. But really also just even though I have the words there, acting as if I'm doing this for the first time. And I think for improvisers and stand-ups, that can come, uh, hopefully it comes naturally to you because you learn how to do stand-up. The key to stand-up is working a joke over and over again, sometimes for years on the road, right. but always making it seem fresh to the audience. And so that's what I try to do personally when I approach the script is even though I've read this you know, 10, 20 times, even though we've done the scene 10, 20 times, I want to make sure it always sounds fresh because when the audience sees it, they don't know that I've been doing it over and over and yes. over again. You know, it's really funny. I remember when I first uh, went on stage as a stand-up. I remember the first time I did stand-up, I got a standing ovation, you know, and it was like 1.30 in the morning. I was still working at IBM full-time, and so I ran off stage. And so the next time I went on stage, I had a totally different set. And the next time I went on stage, I had a totally different set. I, did, I wasn't getting, I didn't get the response that I had gotten the first time. And then this comic walked up to me and said, hey, man, why do you keep changing material every week? I said, uh, don't you supposed to do that? He said, no. He said, dude, dude, whatever you did the first time, you're supposed to still be doing that and then adding to the funny parts of that set. That's how you get to five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So he said, I said, but he said, dude. It's a different audience every time you go on stage, fool. Oh. Oh, okay. So what she's saying is basically you have to do that. You have to be able to get that to get to that 45 minutes unless you do a comedy special. Then you have to do the material, a no whole new uh 
array of jokes. But your goal is to be funny. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And you may be doing the same joke maybe two or three years to get it right. That might be your killer ending or your killer opening. Or, you know, in the, you, you know you've, been on, you've been out in the comedy clubs because at the end of the shows, a lot of times they be paying those tabs and people be more concerned about paying the tabs than listening to your jokes on stage. So you really have to have your killer moments to be able to hold their attention in the end. So as a stand-up, what has been the most frustrating part of being a stand-up and then the blessing of being a stand-up? Um, well, I will say that was a that what you talked about is a big le lesson I had to learn as an improviser. Yes. You know, when I would work at the Second City, people would pay to come see us, mm -hmm. get a suggestion from them and do a completely made up scene and make it look as if it had mm -hmm. been rehearsed. Mm -hmm. And we would do something new every single night, mm -hmm. every single set. And then when I transitioned to stand up, I had to learn, like you said, how to keep working the same <laughs> joke over and over again and adding to it. And that's a lifelong lesson. Right. Um, I will say, though, one time at the Second City, I can remember when the check dropped, like you said, when the tabs Ooh. come mm. called the check drop, the checks were being dropped. And this group of ladies, you know, they mm. were out having a great time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just. I guess they wanted to split this bill and it was too complicated. They were trying to figure out who had what and then how much tip, because they were on a trip and right. they didn't know if they were in a big city. Do you tip more when you come to a big city? They got to be so loud. I stopped the show. Right, right. Bent over, went to the table, grabbed the check and split up the bill for them Right. and said, why don't you add 15% if each of you puts in $32. That's a nice tip. Right. Back to what I was saying. The audience laughed, <laughs> but I was so frustrated. Right, right, right. But you had to do that because like I said, she's absolutely correct. The one thing that would destroy stand-ups, and you would know this, Ms. Anthony, is drunks and somehow drunk women were the worst because somehow when a woman got drunk in public, that means they, everything was off. You know, they didn't care about nothing. They would be the worst people. Let it loose, let it loose. Yeah. Oh my God. A drunk yeah. woman at a comedy club was the worst because you can't tell them nothing. Once they've, once they've acknowledged that they're drunk in public, you can't shut them down. You can't get them out. Keep your hands. I don't care if you're white or black. I'm talking about it don't matter. A drunk <laughs> woman, period, at a comedy club is a natural disaster to try to gain control of them. You're either going to kick them out. Or are you gonna just gonna kick them out? Just like one option there. Well, I would say drunk people. Period can well, be. Uh, I've been there on both sides. I've been on both sides. People who talk, yes, yeah. people who talk. It's a struggle, but that's that. That also, as the performer, right. that's an indication to you. Mm -hmm. Go back and work on this material. Right. Tighten up that joke. Right. You know, don't. You know, sometimes you can be a girl. I will say, I only did that one time where I like broke out and just was like, let me just talk to y'all for a second. Mm -hmm. Um. But I will say, like, that, that means you need to tighten something up. It's right. not funny. You need to or move more quickly and then later go back home and work on that. You know, put that down. And also, if somebody comes to you afterwards and is like, hey, you know, can I can I make a suggestion? Can I give you something? <laughs> right. You know, be open to that, too, because other comics are watching you and it's so helpful. Um, you can't you know, you can't kind of be outside of yourself. Because in the moment you feel like, oh, they, the crowd was ganging up on me. Right, right. But other comics, if they really respect you and they like your work, they'll they'll come up to you afterwards. And I say, receive it in the spirit is given. Right. Well, you know the interesting thing about your career is, like I said, you could act. I, I can't act. 
You know, I, I've had acting opportunities and performed in an acting capacity, but, but your ability to be a, a, a improvisational comic, you know, means that, you know, you, you throw her a scene and she just pulls it out. You know, I always tell people when you're improving, especially interacting with the audience, I always say if you can get, you, you have to get the three lines. You get the three lines of conversation with somebody in the improv, then all of a sudden you, you can deliver funny. What, what rhythms or what techniques did you use, Christina, when you were doing your improv? Um, I would say, and I still use them now because I see the writers on Mixtus use it. I still use it in my stand-up when I'm writing stuff. But um, the rule of three is invaluable, it you is. know. So learning, if you can learn that, um, it's pretty easy. So when you're setting up a joke, you know, you want to, if you're listing items, mm -hmm. you know, first thing fits in the category. The second thing fits in the category. Mm -hmm. And then where you make the sharp turn is you make the, <laughs> the third yes. thing, yes. What, yeah. the, what the the punches or the joke. Mm -hmm. um, and then in improv, we have a, a rule of always learning to say yes and. So if somebody comes to you and says, man, did you see that man walking down the street with a blue hat? You don't stop the joke to say, no, I didn't see that. You right. say, yeah. Right. And he was walking an alligator. You know, right. you, you want to keep adding to the bit. Right. Um, when you're in, and that's when you're telling jokes with somebody else in ensemble. And it also works on mixed dish. We try to do that, too. You know, our our family is hilarious. You know, uh, Kenya Barris and Tracy Ellis Ross have created this world and we're just trying to keep it going. It's a prequel. And, you know, Tika Sumter, Mark Paul Gosler, mm -hmm. um, Gary Cole, they're all like really well-known actors and comedians. Mm -hmm. And so even though the work is scripted, I'm still saying yes to the bits, to the jokes that you have. And I'm trying to keep them going. Right. You know? Now, now when I look at your bio, I, I see stand up, but I also see serious roles. You know, I'm assuming that Why Women Kill, that wasn't a, a comedy moment. Uh, ER, The Dilemma. So how were you able, Because, but then I see multi-talented actress. You do put that at the very front. But you also say it's sort of comedic side on it. How did you translate a serious role in a comedic role? Because I want my listeners to hear that and my viewers to hear that about a person who's as talented as you because you're willing to not limit yourself. And that's what you say. If an opportunity comes to you, Christina, you're going to present yourself for that opportunity, correct? For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, Why Woman Kill is a good example of um, – that's a show about women who murder their husbands. It's very funny. If you haven't seen it, check it out. <laughs> Not for the husband. Um, Not for the husband. I play the sister of one of the women that murders her husband. Um, but um, I think even in that role, I still was being a comedian, but yes. in a serious moment. Like we yeah. think back, you could think back of like um, in black families, like when somebody passes away, yes. even though it is a somber occasion and there it is a sad event and it's a transition, there's still somebody that you know, Uncle Pete gonna always ask somebody, can he get a ride to the repast? Why don't you have a car? You know, or you know, Aunt Lisa is always gonna bring a boyfriend to a funeral. Why are you doing this? Right, and right. so you realize, you find, you know the funny moments even in the tragedy in your family. Right. right. So I think, so Why Women Kill is a good example of that. It's right. about a serious topic of, of domestic abuse and murder. Right. But the sister is like, I think I play a sister that's like, girl, I always knew that wasn't the man for you. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, it's like, why are you gossiping at this point? We're trying to put a murder together. But there's always like somebody like that. So I think finding those light moments, you know, 
or people I can remember when my grandmother passed, you know, people here's the were problem, talking about. Here's the problem I'm having with you, Christina. You funny. You know what I'm saying? You're not even you're not even trying. You're just talking and I'm just laughing. And you just really just just really just having a conversation with me. But it's such a relatable conversation. That's your blessing, you know. So, yes, so, yes. so now you say you started in East St. Louis. How did you make it up to Chicago? I grew up in East St. Louis. And mm-hmm. you know, the famous people from East St. Louis are Miles Davis, right? Jackie Joyner Kersey, the Olympian, mm-hmm. and and me. And you. Me. Three famous people from <laughs> East St. Louis. Was Cedric, Cedric an entertainer? He wasn't from East St. Louis? Cedric the entertainer is from St. Louis, I right. think, which is the fancy city on the other side of the what, river. What about Lavelle Crawford? Lavelle Crawford, what part of St. Louis is he from? St. Louis. He's from St. Louis. Okay, cool. Okay. So Not East St. Louis. Louis is on the other side in right. Illinois. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the cut. It's, it's, it's tough but, over there. It's tough over there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I went to college at, at U of I in Champaign, mm-hmm. which is a little bit outside of Chicago, Absolutely. maybe like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, all my friends, I think my boyfriend at the time, they mm-hmm. went back after graduation, they went to Chicago. Right, right, so right. I just moved there too. So you followed and your man, you followed your man to Chicago or you just. I, my man at the time. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. And if you're going to, I'm going to say, don't follow men places, but if you're going to follow a man, do it after college. I mean, right. but after that, be on your own. Right, right. Oh, good. And so that's I started my art career. So your, your college degree was what? My college degree is actually in psychology. Okay. My and college degree is mathematics. So neither, you know, nothing in my mind was sociology, but my, my degree was in mathematics. And so I went to work for IBM. So when you went from Champaign, got your degree, packed your bags, followed homeboy to Chicago, you got a job. What was your first job? My first job. So my degree was in social, I think it was social psychology mm-hmm. or child psychology. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. But it I was a social work, basically a social work type mm-hmm. bachelor's. Mm-hmm. So I went to work. I went. I think I went to work for the university doing outreach, like art programs. So I was still art adjacent. And the reason I didn't go to college for acting, which maybe some of your listeners are like at that age and they're thinking about doing that, um, was because my parents, they went to segregated schools. They came from Tennessee and they were like, you are, you know, I was second generation to go to college, but first generation out of segregation. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you're not going to go to school to be an actor. You're going to get a real job. Right. 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 There's just too much on the line. Right. Right. But my father said, if you're really good, it's going to find you. Good. And so I went to school for something else. But then after that, you know, I kind of became a journeyman. Right. I had to piece my art education together. Right. So I started taking acting classes at night mm-hmm. and then I got into a play mm-hmm. with other actors that had been to acting school. So I would watch them and see what they would do. How mm-hmm. would they learn their scripts? How would mm-hmm. they break stuff down? Mm-hmm. You know, even now, too, when I go to comedy, you know, not so much right now during COVID, but when I would go to comedy shows, you know, I'm watching other people to see what you do. And so much of um, this business, you can't just you don't you're not just what you want to be, but you need to study to to become that. But you can study in a variety of ways that's not college. Well, it's really, many stand-ups know you don't go to college. For absolutely, I, I, you know, you learn on the road. But you know, I, I look at you, and uh, you, you know, I, I, you know, I went through and did my little extra work on what they sent over, and I, you know, you have so many different looks. 
that's on social media, you know, which yeah. I think is a blessing, you know, because you you can't be pigeonholed, you know, you can. Yes, you can I'm make a your, character actress. You, you, so you know, a fantastic, a fantastic character actress. And because, mm -hmm. you know, you can look homely, you can look beautiful. Thank you. Look, you, know, Thank you, you. I saw some homely photos now. I went, just look homely here. I put the homely and the beautiful photo together as just the same person. So I went, that's a, that's a, that's beyond acting, you know, to be able to pull that off. But the, the, the beauty of, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just reminding everybody, I'm talking to Christina Anthony, uh, one of the stars of Mixus uh, on uh, the ABC series that follows Blackish. Uh, you know, she plays Aunt Denise on the ABC series. Uh, she's out of Chicago, you know, Second City, one of the famous Second City, uh, uh, what, uh, John Belushi, the, the Bill, who all came out of Second City? Let's name some of the famous Saturday Night Live alums that came out of Second City. Yeah, Belushi, Tina Fey, mm -hmm. um, many you, people, you, but uh, you, John you. Candy came out of there. I don't think, you, I don't, he was on SNL, I think. But yeah, a lot of people have. And then a lot of people that didn't go on SNL, like Stephen Colbert came out of there. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really many, amazing that, uh, so before I let you go, because I, I, I feel that, you know, when I look at your career and I look at your resume, uh, I have to believe in myself, speaking honestly, the, the star is only going to get brighter for you. I, I, I you know, COVID, the COVID has set us all back. But I think in my life, I feel that it's only let you catch up with your competition. You're coming back in January with a show that's on the air. And, and so it, it focuses you and tells you what your gifts are. And I think your gifts is... If, if I'm looking at you, if I'm managing you, I say that it's the it's unlimited. First of all, this is me just looking at a person I've seen. I've been blessed to be working with a lot of star talent, and you're attractive. You 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 are just naturally funny. I mean, you just start talking, Christina, and you're funny, and that's very key. You know, I I, I and so I just know that you can do drama. You you I haven't heard you sing, but you know you you bold enough to tell me that you got the chops because you've said Broadway several times during our interview. So obviously somebody let you in the room and let you make some noise and it made sense and it sounded like singing and everybody said she got the skill. And uh, but what does the future hold for you besides me being so caught off guard by how talented you are? Because you never know until you interview somebody. Because some people can be, uh, you know, just really good at what they do. I think you can be good at anything that you do. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I consider myself a comedian's comedian. So I, I, I aspire to, to still just be really good at what I'm doing, no mm -hmm. matter what level it's at. So if I'm teaching children after school how to write jokes, which is something I love to do, or if I'm in a big film, that's great too. Um, but as far as what's next, I love my job as Aunt Denise on ABC's Mixed Dish. Um, but eventually, you know, all things come to an end. So I was, I can't wait to see like what the next job is. I'm mm -hmm. also very interested in getting into um, film mm -hmm. and doing, I love, I'm obsessed with action movies, Marvel movies. Um, What's your I favorite action movie? You're, Cause I love action movies. Like, you know, I, 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 I love it. What, 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 what action movies this year caught your eye on, either on Netflix alone? Do you watch Netflix? Yes, I okay, do. Like um, is old it Oh, come on, come on now, come on now, come on now. Hey, that, that was a sleeper hit, right? I'm telling you, you, so, you when, when she walked out there, we talking about Charlize, walked out to, I'll be right back. I'll give you yeah. a signal. And she walked out that door. 
and wiped all those men. I said, that's my girl right there. That right yeah. there. That movie was so unexpected, right? I didn't know what to think of it. It was so amazing. Well, you know, um, yes, yeah, so I love to try my hand in action. Of course, you know, Black Panther holds such a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So, yeah, I would love that. Um, I've also, like, I still have my eyes on doing a comedy a special, my brand of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love to have my own sitcom, you know. Okay, you did. I love you kind of got up under your chair on that one. I'm gonna do my yeah. no, okay. You know, I, 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 all I know, you probably got super management around you, super agents around you, but you know, I always know you can call Rashawn. You know, if you got okay. an idea that you want to get in front of some people, but of course, you're working with Kenya Barris, you know, you can't get any better than that. So, I'm sure you can get, walk through the next door and pitch your ideas to those people over there. But again, hey, you got an idea, you open your mouth to anybody that will listen. <laughs> there you go. I love you for that. Again, uh, I want to thank you for coming on my show. You you really, really are, uh, you know, uh, you've been introduced to me and I'm a fan. I'm going to follow you and uh, I'm going to support you. Have anything that you're doing, I'm going to definitely post you on my social media. You are the star of uh, mixes as far as I'm concerned, because guess what? I've interviewed you. I've also interviewed Tika, but I'm interviewing you right now. You are the star, Art Denise, that appears on January 26th, Tuesday. Mixes returns for his second season on ABC. Thank you for coming to my show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Rashawn. We will be right back with more money making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but Mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like Mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is... Jeff Clanigan. Jeff is an award-winning producer and innovator in entertainment, a longtime business partner of Kevin Hart, 
He is the president of Pro Black Films, Laugh Out Loud, and Heartbeat Digital. Despite Jeff's busy schedule, he continues to pay it forward with his summer internship mentor program that he does every year. Okay, I've been doing this for probably the last five years. So I take five students every summer and I, I put them through kind of like a boot camp at social media. So they, they're working on accounts. Um, they have to read books. They got to read articles. They got to do a presentation every week. So they, they, it's actually like a boot camp while they're working and, and they're getting paid doing it. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who are genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Sharon Smith Akinsanya. She's the CEO of Ray McKenzie Group, an award-winning diversity, equity, and inclusive marketing firm. Sharon works with Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, and in October 2016, founded the People of Color Career Fair as a way of closing the gap between between professionals of color and hiring managers. Sharon is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion with marketing strategies that affect and attract, recruit, retain talent of color. Listen to me, talent of color. That's what this interview is about. Her new book, Colorful, Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color, releases on February 9th of 2021. But she's here to do a pre-sale request. I'm here to promote the book ahead of time because you can buy the book. Put it on reserve. Be the first to get it. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Sharon Smith, I can sign you. Thank you so much, Rashawn. Thank you for that awesome introduction. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Well, first of all, you're a talker. You're a good talker. I have some good questions. A little background on me. My degree is in mathematics. My minor is in sociology, uh, even though I have a strong entertainment background. But in college, two and a half years, I worked undergrad at IBM. I was in the... Uh, administrative executive, and then I worked two and a half years professionally at IBM. And uh, when I got there, and I eventually left in 86 to pursue a career as a stand-up comedian, I thought I'd be the next Eddie Murphy. Uh-oh. And guess what? I've, I've been successful. I'm not the next Eddie Murphy, but I'm the first Rashawn McDonald. That's what I should have realized from the very beginning that it's really when you start talking about talent and, and recruiting that talent, it's about being yourself and understanding your value. Isn't that correct, Sharon? Absolutely. We have to know our value. We have to understand, you know, where we fit in and we have to always be willing uh, to bring our authentic self to whatever it is that we're doing and we're trying to pursue. Because you cannot be your best self. You cannot be productive at home. You cannot be productive at work unless you keep it real. And you always keep it real because you're in a world where really um, you're talking to white people. Absolutely. I'm talking to white people every day, uh, giving them a safe space to have this real conversation about making sure that they... Uh, do a better job in making room so that we can have a seat at the table. See, we need to be at all levels of the organization, from boardroom to the C-suite to middle management, all the way through uh, to make sure that we're impacting change, not just because of us, right? This is just good business. Right. You know, when you think about the, the population shift, the demographic shift, you know, people will tell us, what, by 2040, 2042, we will be a majority minority nation. Right. There will be more black and brown people in this nation. And then when you add on top of that, Rashawn, mm-hmm. the buying power, consumerism, corporations must be reflective of the customers they serve. And were you talking about $1.5, $1.7 trillion in buying power just with the African-Americans consumer? Another $1.5 or so with the Latino community. It, you, you cannot afford not to make sure that your workforce is reflective of the consumers you serve because we're getting smarter and we're becoming more uh, using our activist gene and we're asking more questions as we think about where we want to land for our next big career. 
You know, it's really interesting because, um, my, like I say, my minor is in sociology. So I'm always looking from a black perspective and I have to look at life. So when you talk about that minority number being the majority, that's a, that's a, that's a majority, this current majority, fear that. And so when you come in talking about trying to be inclusive and trying to be a more diverse a color pattern that fits the general population, there's also an older generation that sees that, that shrinking number and we've seen it during this last presidential administration, and it's going to carry on uh, uh, the next four years or six years. And we've seen how I read an article. There's a church out there. It's white-only people church. I only want white people to come to their church. So when you see this, this upheaval of negative spirit that don't want to include, that don't want to share the opportunities at the table, how do you deal with that? How do you see that as a visionary? Yeah, I think that, you know, I really feel bad. I really feel awful uh, that people are such a disadvantage, especially some white people Mm -hmm. who haven't had the opportunity to learn how fulfilling their life would be by not having people in their lives that don't look like them. Right. It is so sad. You know, and it's something that I teach young people as well. And I when I speak in schools, I said, you really have to understand how fulfilling and how important it is to make sure that you switch things up, you know, really make sure that you are being intentional about building strong relationships with people who don't look like you. It changes things. And so when I see what happened in the election, when I see what happens in the White House, it's just very sad because they're just cheating themselves out of a fulfilling opportunity. Uh, to just make their lives better because it's so important. You know, Brian Stevenson teaches us about proximity. I don't know right. if you read the book, Just Mercy, Absolutely. but he teaches us about proximity. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to do that. This is how we create empathy when mm-hmm. you are getting closer to people who don't look like us. And, they're, and, they're, and it's a shame to have fear. Who wants to live like that in fear of another human being? That's that's just nuts. So what we have to do as black people and people of color is just to keep moving forward, keep being who we are, keep being authentic and keep teaching, educating and using our voice to make sure that we are creating change and embrace those allies. As my mom called them, embrace those good white folks. Right, right, (laughs) right. Well, that's what we saw during the, uh, the, the civil unrest during the summer. Good white people came out and supported racial change. Uh, uh, police brutality was this world. That's right. We had to stop. You know, I would tell people, you know, some of the some of the heavy uh, riding was done in Portland, Seattle, and I can assure you, I've been to both cities. Very few black people up there. Okay, that's right. There was some mad white people up there who finally were open, and then when they saw, try to create conversation, they would try. They would. They would. They would try to shut them down. And that's Absolutely. when the face of reality kind of came back. Oh, wow. You mean, I, we can't just talk about this? And this is what black people have to deal with? I'm white. And you treat me like this? Treat Absolutely. me like I am a, a terrorist? Treat me like I am a, 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 we're supposed to have a first right amendment of freedom of speech. And you're telling, you're denying me that. And so when I look at what you're doing, and uh, I, I just want to point something out first. From an advertising standpoint, when I look at commercials, I see diversity Incredible amounts of diversity. I see black and white couples laying in bed. I see them driving cars with mixed race kids in the back seat. I see them jumping on each other when they come into the airport. So from an advertising standpoint, I think diversity is working. They, they, They have understood that we need to show how America looks and should interact. Now we're talking about 
employment. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about upper management. We're talking about that's a lot different than a 60-second or a 30-second or 15-second B-roll on YouTube. A lot harder journey. It is a harder journey, but I don't understand why. Because when you understand good business, that same CEO Mm -hmm. who made sure that that, who hired that ad agency, Mm -hmm. who created that the, adver- the, the advertisement that you speak about mm-hmm. is that same CEO who mm-hmm. needs to make sure that his organization reflects the consumers that they're serving. So that CEO, that CHRO needs to just decide that we're going to reflect that. You've seen the articles, the recent articles, um, you know, about Coca-Cola. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, and they they started years ago. They used to be leading in this space absolutely when we're talking about ceos <laughs> at the highest levels of the organization mm-hmm. and they just took a temperature check they they, they went backwards they're going backwards yes. mm-hmm. and even as they have gone backwards and this was as a result of a multi-million dollar lawsuit that happened right mm-hmm. and so they're going backwards but even as they are they're still ahead of the game right <laughs> Right. <laughs> they, right. They're right. still in the game losing ground. Right. So when CEOs just have to decide what type of organization do I want to be? What do I want to represent? Mm-hmm. What do I want my legacy to be when I think about how mm-hmm. all of this got started mm-hmm. in 1619 when the first slaves, you know, rode up on the shores of Virginia, you know, uh, 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 in, in chains? Right. What do I want my legacy mm-hmm. to be? And I believe that CEOs, board members just have to decide that this has got to stop. And just like when this started in Minneapolis, after George Floyd was mm-hmm. murdered, mm-hmm. eight minutes and 46 seconds that awakened all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the world saw all races, as you mentioned earlier, it wasn't just because there's not that many black folk in Minnesota either. Right. <laughs> it's true. And so everybody <laughs> came together and said, you know what, this is enough is enough. Enough is enough. It is not okay that Sharon Smith Akinsanya has to have a talk with her 24-year-old, you know, about, you know, every single time she leaves my presence. She lives in Boston now, but ever since she was a baby, you know, we have to have that talk. You really are Black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, right. here's what you have to be aware of. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, when I talk to my white friends about that, they're just appalled that I right. have to do that. Not only with her, but my nieces, my nephews, mm-hmm. you know, just anybody. Just remember, we have to be careful. And so it awakened all of us. And we have to keep the pedal to the metal. Right. You know, I wrote about it in my article in BET right. uh, recently. And I talked about how it's very nice that we have Rashida Jones, who now is the head of MSNBC News, you know, the first black female head of cable news, a cable mm-hmm. news network. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Kamala Harris, right? First black vice president. Mm-hmm. We've got a, all female communication staff in mm-hmm. the Biden-Harris cabinet with three of those members being black, all with natural hair, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing so much progress, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in a short period of time. But I also wrote about I see some flashing yellow lights. Right. <laughs> some caution, Come on, Sharon. Come caution, on, Sharon. Warning, warning. We have been here before. before. Mm-hmm. So what do we need to do to make sure that we don't backslide, as they say in church? Right. We need to make sure that we are giving those CEOs, hey, this is awesome that you did this. Who's next? Because we own social media. Use mm-hmm. it. Right. We Mm -hmm. own it. So Mm -hmm. make sure you're letting those CEOs know. We're watching. We see you. Thank you so much for that. Who's Mm -hmm. next? Right. 
And we also need to make sure that we are congratulating those leaders and right. saying we're looking forward to the change that you're going to make, mm -hmm. you know, who you're bringing up behind you. Right. You know, so there's lots of things that are happening. But I see warning signs. Right. You know, you remember this book? What was it? Uh, Cracking the Corporate Code. You remember that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> we, did, we did this a long time ago. Like I said, you know, because I, I, I worked at IBM. So I yeah. know that, uh, you know, they did. I always tell people about, you know, I, a story I would say that when I was at IBM, I said decisions are made. You have to you have to get in the eye line of people right. when they make decisions. And that's what black people really need to understand before we throw the word racism out there, uh, right. not be included. And I would tell people, decisions are made in front of you, left and right. If you stand standing behind that decision maker, you won't get choose. You won't get chosen. So that means that you have to have to work your way through proper training, proper relationships, a clear understanding that you want to be successful. Because I remember when I came on board IBM full time, uh, you know, I sat down with my supervisor. He asked me what I wanted to do at IBM. And I told him I'd get back with him. Meantime, with two other white guys, obviously they told him exactly what they wanted to do and they were moving in front of me. Well, mm -hmm. you know, four months later, I came in there, you know, crying wolf. Hey, uh, what's going on here? Why is uh, Bill and Ted flying past me? And he said, well, he, white guy sat down and said, Rashawn, you didn't ever get back to me about your goals at IBM. So I'm not, I'm not saying that's holding all black people back, but know there are certain things that you have to be positioned and ready to tell people you want to be great. If you if your goal is to be this, to run this company, be a vice president, or be a manager, when they ask you, you better tell them, and you better tell them how you're going to do that because that Absolutely. shows leadership. And so, and also know that raises, promotions are tied to not because of hard work, but what people think of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You must know your value. And you know how closed mouth won't get faced. <laughs> Come on. And closed mouth won't get promoted. So Sharon, Sharon, we, we can talk a long time. Cause see you, you starting to rock on me now, girl. You start to <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, Rashawn, you have to elbow your way in, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you gotta make sure that you're saying yes to those networking opportunities. Absolutely. Yes, yes to those virtual coffees. Yes. Yes to those quick 15 minute, you know, catch ups. There you go. Because that's how we learn those things. We must know more people. I can't tell you how many calls I get mm -hmm. after someone has, you know, been downsized because of the pandemic or for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And they say, Sharon, I really need to get to my next episode. And I say, well, who, you know, you know, who have you kept in mm -hmm. relationship with? Mm -hmm. where, that's where we're going to start first. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've been so busy. I haven't done the networking that I need to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had my head down. No, no, everybody. Three to five networking calls a week, 15 minutes, three to five, no agenda. Get to know people, you mm -hmm. know, and let and be genuinely interested in what's going on with them. All right. And be able to share what's going on with you and your future goals and opportunities, especially now, because we're all in this box, in this square called Zoom. And we have time. Throw a 15 minute meeting on that. I've been mm -hmm. meaning to catch up with that CHRO at you know, said company. I've been meaning to catch up with a friend of mine who I just, you know, lost touch, you know, for mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Catch up, y'all. We need to have access. And that is why I created the People of Color Careers Social Hiring Network mm -hmm. for Professionals of Color, mm -hmm. because we need to do a better job at networking with each other. And also we need to do a better job at networking and getting access to those hiring managers and mm -hmm. decision makers, Rashawn, that mm -hmm. can help us move the needle forward faster Absolutely. on our careers. So I want to make sure everybody, if they don't do anything else, they need to create their profile at peopleofcolorcareers.com because that's where we're going to get it done. 
I love that. We're talking about her new book, Colorful Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color. It releases in February, but you can pre-order this book right now. I'm talking to Sharon Smith, Akansanya. And uh, we, we're making a, it, it, it's, uh, when I was reading the book, there's a couple of terms that I always hear pop out. What yeah. exactly are C-suite executives? What is that? What are those? Who are those? So C-suite executives are those executives that work directly for the CEO. Mm-hmm. You report directly to the CEO mm-hmm. so that you can have a seat at the table where the decision makers, the decisions are being made. Because I was going through your book, it was it was kind of like, you know, it's like a recipe book. And I, it was a certain term. I went, you know, you got to know this term because it pops up a lot. Yeah. You know, I know what it is, but people, they just walk right past. What exactly is C-suite executives? Okay, that person, you need to get coached to the top of the food chain. That's what you need Absolutely. to be working your way up to the top. Now, Absolutely. Uh, another person so in reading, they said they, that you are proof of concept. Mm-hmm. What exactly that that when they made that reference, I really I said, no, I'm, I'm going to let her explain what he meant when he said you are proof of concept. We talked about my good friend, Richard Davis, who mm-hmm. is the former CEO of the nation's fifth largest bank, U.S. Bank. And he's currently the CEO of Make-A-Wish America. Mm-hmm. And I believe what Richard meant was, is that I do what I say I'm going to do. Right. And that I, 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 you know, so when you have a conversation with me, it's going to be authentic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be safe. Mm-hmm. There won't be any recrimination. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to have an honest dialogue because I recognize mm-hmm. that as a CEO, particularly as a white male, because that was the point of view he was speaking for. He called mm-hmm. himself, you know, I'm an old white dude. You right. know, and right. I really need some support here. So what he was saying is, is that when I tell you that I can help you do better and be better and recruit and retain top talent of color, mm-hmm. if you listen, then I will be able to do that. Because what was important, see, Richard and I, we used to have these knockdown dragons, right. but they were in safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And we we had them and we moved on. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it, how we learn from one another because I can ask him anything, right? That, so that's what he's saying, that if you want a safe space to be able to have these conversations, to help move your organization forward, then Sharon can do that. Well, I, I took it as you are the truth. You know, just like people like Jesus, she's the truth, man. You just, just, just let her talk for five, five minutes. You understand that's the truth talking right there. And then because, because that's what I took from a proof of concept. Because, okay, you know, it's, you go, why does this work? Sharon, please come forward and tell everybody the truth that just walked into the room. Because, because you're constantly in mental, and you have to maintain a certain tone that you don't become the angry black woman That's true. That's and then be too, too aggressive because you're trying to bend thought process. You're trying to create acceptability and you can't be the person, you know, what you don't want sharing is somebody doing it because out of fear. That doesn't work. Doesn't. Let's talk about that whole process because you can't protest your way to diverse opportunities. They can assign one or two to shut you down. We're talking about a plan in place that you are trying to implement. I shouldn't try, but you are implementing that allows people to understand this is the right thing to do. This can make your company more profitable. This can make your your work staff much more uh, clear understanding what goes on in all the communities. They can understand why, okay, this person feels a certain way when they walk out there or police stops them or or their children go to school, why they have different ways of communicating. This is what this is about, an acceptance and a mental acceptance that this should be done this way. There are no other ways it should be done. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And those leaders who get that, Rashawn, are winning. Mm -hmm. They're going to leave their competitors in the dust, I promise you. When you truly understand the importance of building stronger, more authentic relationships inside and outside your organization, 
with people of color, those that don't look like you, right. you will increase your profits. There's studies that mean, don't take my word for it. There's studies, right. you know, Deloitte and Tooge, mm-hmm. all of them, right? You know, the uh, McKenzie, pick them. There's thousands of studies that tell you, mm-hmm. you will increase your profits, mm-hmm. you will increase innovation, right. and you will absolutely leave your competition in the dust. And personally, you will be better for it. Right. See, my best friend is very rich and mm-hmm. very white. Right. Very white. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have these conversations that put us in different places. See, she enhanced my life. Right. Because mm-hmm. of her network and her circle mm-hmm. and where we were able to get some things done around diversity, equity and inclusion, where she can introduce me into the, that world. Right. And then she was able to have a better understanding and be a better CHRO. Right. In her work, because mm-hmm. of what she was able to do with me in my world and right. learn. I got to tell you, I tell you a quick story. We, we went out to sit to a party uh, mm-hmm. to uh, a, a professional couple. You mm-hmm. know, they had just moved to the Twin Cities area and it was a beautiful, I mean, beautiful, beautiful home. And mm-hmm. so it's a Saturday afternoon. I'm being casual. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, look at y'all. Y'all living like rich white people out here. <laughs> <laughs> And Jenny and Jenny looked at me and she said, No, nah, I can't say that right. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I said, but eventually, you know. Right, 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 right. But right. those are the things, right? Those well, are the things. Well, you know, that, you I, know. I, I want I want to comment on that, you know, when sure. you said living like white people. Yeah. Because see, that rich is white people. Rich, rich white, white people, which is really, really, really key because, you know, I used to always tell stories because I'm a former sitcom writer, and I always tell, you know, what happens is, you know, how some people would create a hit show and they can't create another hit show because when they used to, they created the first show, they were driving to work. They were right. eating in regular stores. When they made the hit show, they started helicoptering in the work. They started getting their news from CNN. And so, so basically people who are rich white people, they have to be educated because guess what? They missing steps. Absolutely. You know, they're missing steps. Food is being brought to them. They have made service. And so they are looking at people from a different perspective and the information they're getting from people from a from maybe from a non-educated level. And so when you have to surround these folks with information, they, their eyes open and go, I didn't know. That's what happened mm-hmm. with George Floyd. A lot of white people didn't know. They really they really other white people, black people just complaining and then then look look Karen. She out there just I'm gonna call them, I'm gonna call the police right now and tell them you about to attack me. When that got caught on film, they were like right. Right. Wow. This really does happen. It really does happen. And it it just you know what? It wasn't. We were in the middle of a pandemic when George Floyd happened. And Mm -hmm. as we still are, it wasn't a baseball game, a football game, Mm -hmm. a soccer game, nothing to get in the way. Everybody saw that. Everybody witnessed it. And it was an awakening. It really was an awakening. And I encourage everyone in the sound of my voice Mm -hmm. to be intentional about changing your friend group, because I want to know. You know, who do you call when you want to celebrate? Who do you call when you're sad? Right. Who's on your Christmas party list? Right. Tell me about your golfing buddies. Right. Because it just changes your life. Right. For the better when you diversify, you learn. Right. So we have to be intellectually curious, too, mm-hmm. about what's happening. You know, Sharon, I love you because you have that, you know, you, you could be a minister. You know that. You've been told that before. Now, a couple of questions I'm going to ask you after reading the book. The first one is a strong question, but I just need you to answer why should we trust you? You should trust me because I have been doing this for 20 plus years, mm-hmm. really 
working hard to impact my community, mm-hmm. really hard to be making sure that we're making a change and closing those gaps. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I'm an open book. I'm pretty transparent mm-hmm. and I get results. Mm-hmm. And and Richard Davis is one of those people that shared that information with you as those other uh, executives in the book that I talked to. Right. So mm-hmm. I get results. Mm-hmm. I am proof positive, right. you know, that when you work with me and my team, we're going to help you move the needle forward and it's going to be safe. So you should trust me because I've done the work. Mm-hmm. I've been in the trenches and I have those corporations that are behind me mm-hmm. uh, that say, hey, you know, she and her team are really moving the needle and getting it done. And because my mama said so, you know, what she <laughs> told me she said, look, little girl, I know you are in a fetal position. Mm-hmm. This was after George Floyd. Right. But you got to get up mm-hmm. because it is a sin not to use your gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a sin to keep it to yourself. Now, you could be part of the solution or walk around soaking up oxygen. Right, right. Okay. I now, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel what you feel, mm-hmm. but I'm going to need you to do what it is that you do, your God-given mm-hmm. gifts, and that is make even more change right. mm-hmm. in the community because you have access to people that most people just dream of. Mm-hmm. And you need to use that access mm-hmm. to move things forward and make real change. Now get on up. <laughs> <laughs> My other question before we close out the interview, what are the real obstacles? We talked about them for DEI. Yes. What are they? Well, the real obstacles um, lie in the inability for those in charge to just decide. Mm-hmm. That's the obstacle. And so because I, I, I said it because I want to go to chapter three. Mm-hmm. The key to attracting qualified professionals of color. Mm-hmm. And this is what you say. Make sure every message you send tells them you want them. That's right. Welcome them and value them as unique individuals. Right. Because how? what message are you sending? You know, when I look at your LinkedIn profile, when I look at your company profile, I don't see anybody that looks like me. Mm-hmm. I don't see you with anybody that looks like me. Mm-hmm. So you have to be intentional. It's almost like that boss of yours who talked about talked to you when you were at IBM. Mm-hmm. Rashawn, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, but you didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got around to it. Right. But you didn't do it right away. Same thing is happening in corporate America. Right. You say you want me. Right. But tell me how much you want me. You right. know, it's like a dating relationship. Right. You mm-hmm. know, why don't I hear anything about it? Why don't you tell me? Right. You know, why don't you show me? Right. And so that is the most important thing to A, just decide and then make it clear we really do want to increase racial inclusivity at all levels of the organization. And we're willing to do and learn whatever we need to do and learn to make that happen because we know it's good for business. And we know that we lose our competitive edge when we don't do that. Awesome. Uh, She's amazing. She has a book out, Colorful Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color. Sharon Smith Akinsanya, your wonderful Minnesota. That's a cold (laughs) state, young lady. Thank you so much. And we're going to just keep it moving. And oh, by the way, the book, you can get the ebook right now on Amazon as well. Okay. So I'm going to bring you back, you know, because I was, you know, we closing out the year, but I want to bring you back in like, you know, late first quarter because, um, you know, you know, vaccine is going to be starting to get distributed. And I want to get your mindset there as well, because what you talk about is, uh, is it, really important from a standpoint, like I told you, you know, the, from an advertising standpoint, there's a clear understanding that 
by being diverse in the advertising world, your product can be sold. That's what they're doing. You said that in your book about brand loyalty. It, right. Has it been shown that once a, once African-Americans feel that you care about them, you create brand loyalty. Well, the advertising world has accepted that, you know, they're they they rolling in there. And so, but from the corporate standpoint, behind those closed doors, when you walk through those doors, they're still not admitting there's a need for that change. No, they have to just decide. Yes. And those that do and make it happen, like I said, will leave their competition in the dust. Well, you, well, you fantastic. I'm, I'm glad. Like, like I said, I have six sisters. I want to bring you on board as my seventh sister. You oh, know, right. Uh, I'm there. I cause accept. Because you, you, you're entertaining. You're, you're, I, I love your style. I love your personality. I, I feel Thank that you. You, you're one of these people I can really, really have a great conversation about life, learn something from. Because of the fact that you're not a person that I felt was supplying with information that was being forced upon me. And I think that's what we was talking about earlier. When you talk to these white people, and I don't say white people in a negative state, but they are the people in power. And when you're talking to them, it is a stunt point. You have to be able to have a conversation with them. Because what happens is when they throw you a left, you have to have a right, but a soft right. That's right. A counterpoint, a counterpunch answer because of the fact that. They don't see nothing wrong. They see, they feel they're successful. Their stock is high. A classic example is uh, McKinsey, who was formerly the uh, the, the uh, Amazon head, Jeff's former wife. She giving that money left and right to HBCUs. Absolutely. He hasn't given that anything. Hey, nothing. One of our good nonprofits here in received a fifteen million dollar gift from her. Yeah, it's just out the blue, changed their entire life. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. How you can tell two people, they're getting their money from the same location where one person has been exposed. She has opened the book. She has a clear understanding. There is a need over there. Same person over here getting that same money has not been told there is a need for this, has not been told there's a clear understanding that he can make a change and effort to be able to move forward and create and educate African-Americans who make for better employment, better doctors, better teachers, better lawyers, better congressmen, better vice presidents of the United States. That's right. what happens when you participate. That's what happens when you diversify. Sharon, thank you for coming on the show. I got to let you go because I'm going to keep talking to you, and that's not good. That's well, not all right. good. Gonna, but thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, and I cannot wait to see you again in the new year. <laughs> you will, definitely. And please be safe and tell your daughter hi. Ray McKenzie Group, that's the name of her company. She was one years old. She named that company after her daughter. 24 years later, she still has the problem. But guess what? We got we got Sharon here. She not, has not left it at all. And her mama's still living because her mama's still passing out that great advice. One thing your mama said that I believe in, too. I would tell people, you have 24 hours in a day. Learn to use each hour. And when your mama said that about the 24 hours, I said, I love her mama. <laughs> I love my mama, too. <laughs> Thank you. We'll See talk you soon, okay? Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. 
Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R A-I. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.